The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. Give James a follow on Twitter at RealJRAnderson. Matt Clay W. Link. James, I mean, minor league season uh, in the books, right? Wrapped up and... Well, there's yeah some, some playoffs. Playoff games, on, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's... Very cool because you can kind of take a look at everyone's sort of end of year lines and everything like that. So you know some some kind of breakout guys kind of come to the forefront at this time of year, and yeah, it's exciting to kind of see. I mean, I'm I don't even think I don't know. I mean, I, I know a lot of teams value uh, guys having like playoff pushes with their their minor league teams this time of year. So I think you're you're going to see some guys get called up right after those are finished mm-hmm. who I look, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, you know, for sure we're going to see AJ Reed or, or Nomar Mazzara, but it wouldn't surprise me if 
when when the postseason winds down in the minor leagues if we get a surprise or two uh, in terms of call-ups. Yeah, that third wave. I mean, we had that second wave earlier this week. Uh, pretty hectic, realistically. And then the third wave, uh, yeah, there could be some, pr- some surprise guys. The Rangers are really making a push uh, at that division crown, so I think a guy like Mazzara could definitely help out that team. We're going to be looking ahead to the Arizona Fall League. I'm pretty excited. Uh, that's just a couple months away. I mean, yeah, we're going to be down there for first pitch. Really, really blessed. Hashtag, Hashtag blessed. I mean, to, we are, to be down there. <laughs> quite honestly. I mean, to take a work trip down to Arizona, especially right before up here in Wisconsin, the weather, I mean, turns to, uh, I'll, I'll save that word, but it's going to be nice to get away. It'd be nice sure. if it was the Arizona win- Winter League and we yeah. could go down in like January, but it uh, yeah. can't really be. Can't really be bagging at this said, point. Said this last week, maybe we'll just have to go to the Dominican Winter League. I'm afraid that if I went to the Dominican, I wouldn't want to come back. Uh, <laughs> just, just yeah. chill. Watch, watch the next Vlad Guerrero Jr. Oh. and some some gravelly baseball. Just find somewhere. him somewhere. <laughs> See one of those home run derbies where he hits like 30 bombs yeah. and 40 swings. But we're gonna be breaking down uh, the first three Arizona Fall League rosters, uh, standouts from those rosters, and then look at the other three next week. But First, before we do that, James, you have uh, you've been tasked with another top two hundred, just a, a revised version to end the year, uh, with all the minor league games in the books, uh, top two hundred prospects, and the, the first couple spots, the first five guys, are uh, really pretty tough. Well, I I haven't even sat down and started trying to do this, but I I mean I know who the top four guys are going to be in some order. And that's going to be, in some order, Corey Seager, Nomar Mazzara, Lucas Giolito, and Jan Mankata. And I was, uh, you know, I was looking at the, – the reason I got thinking about this is, you know, i got some other things on the, the burner that i got to get done before for banging out that top 200. But, you know, Mazzara is 12 for his last 27 with one strikeout at triple a and he's he's got a combined 358 409 444 line in 20 games as a 20 year old at triple a and that's those are insane numbers for someone his age Mm -hmm. and that that got me thinking well i can make a pretty good case that i would i'd rather have mazara than seager in a dynasty league probably not in a major league setting just given Mm -hmm. the the position scarcity uh but I don't value position scarcity in dynasty leagues as much as big league teams do uh, mm-hmm. because we're not getting credit for the defensive value. We're only getting credit for, you know, the, the weakness of the position. So, uh, you know, I could make a really strong case that I would take Mazzara over Seager. And then, you know, you look at a guy like Mankata, I could make a pretty darn good case. I'd take Mankata over, over any hitter in the minor leagues and, yeah. Just kind of looking at what he's done, how successful he's been on the, the bases. I think we look at a guy, you know, a guy like Trey Turner maybe uh, didn't live up to the scouting reports in terms of his speed. Uh, Mankata just blew the scouting reports out of the water with, with what he was able to do on the bases down there. I think it was something like 46 or 49 or something 49 like for 52. 49 that's for insane. 52. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's you don't see success rates like that in the minor leagues very often unless the guy's got 80 speed. And I, I don't think anyone's putting 80 on Mankata's speed necessarily, but I mean, it's gotta be kind of in that, that 70, 75 range. Uh, I mean, game speed, at least it's, it's, 
highly i mean it's very impressive and then you factor in what we all knew about his his hit tool and his you know the power that he might develop eventually then you could be looking at uh i was reading jeff jeff Passon's piece on yahoo today and he said he got a scout that said that uh mancada's the closest thing he's seen to, to trout since trout in the minor <laughs> leagues and that that kind of lines up with the production that you're seeing with the the speed at a mm-hmm. young age the developing power the the hit tool and everything big question with him is i mean he's he's kind of had some big time issues at second base defensively this year so you wonder if maybe they look to move him off of that but i don't know where the obvious place for him to go would be i think yeah. they might just kind of you know maybe he'll just be kind of this this generation's version of like Ricky Weeks where he's just like a butcher at second base for <laughs> for many years or like a, a decade or something like that but they just don't really care because the offense is so crazy uh, I think you'll see that that entire organization's pieces get shuffled around quite a bit in the offseason so that might become a bit more clear at that point and then haven't even mentioned Lucas Giolito who is in my opinion easily the best pitcher pitching prospect in the minors uh about as as surefire as it gets uh deceptively close to the big leagues i would say i think he might be in that rotation before the all-star break next year and yeah i mean it's just it's kind of personal preference i i'd be interested in in what your take would be in terms of how like what would just your your top three be in order if you if you can on the fly you know i think it's i think it's seager mazara and mancata and i think yeah, I think I'd put Mankata third, and Mazzara second, Seager first, and the really only reason why uh, Mankata would be behind those guys is proximity. But at the same time, he might not be mm-hmm. far off. He could be in the majors as soon as you know late next season. I mean, you look at you men- mentioned the power, eight homers in eighty-one games this year, developing power, four thirty-eight slug, uh, the success on the base pass, plus the strike zone management, three eighty on base. 42 walks and in those 81 games and uh, only 83 strikeouts. Pretty impressive. I think the upside is to the roof, but I do also think that uh, value could take a hit if he's moved to the outfield. And just the fact that, you know, I, I think it'll be maybe 2017 before he has a, a permanent full-time role that that maybe just puts him ever so slightly behind those other two guys. Because yeah, you mentioned the numbers for uh, Mazzara. I mean, same age as Mankata, but mm-hmm. at triple a level tearing it up and, Love what he's what he's doing and the upside from a fantasy perspective. Do you see anybody below those guys that you could make a case for being a top four prospect? I think you can make the case for Urias um, being being ahead of Giolito, just because I feel like at his age the move up already uh, to AAA. Uh, I think as as much as I love Giolito, I think Urias. Yeah, as a lefty, uh, you watch that delivery. He looks so fluid for for a kid his age. The strikeout upside, I think, is higher with him. Uh, walks per nine. I, I disagree with that. Disagree with that. that? Yeah. Why? Um, is I mean, it, I it's part, yeah. we're. I mean, it's pretty hairs close. Here. I mean, yeah. they're both they're both. They're both styles, awesome. But, I just think you can make that case. I agree. Gilead was great, uh, and maybe I have some bias because I have some shares of Urias in, in the <laughs> dynasty. But uh, also, I mean, Gilead is outstanding. I think there's. A small margin, though, between those top, between those five guys. Mm-hmm. I also think, you know, I, I do like J.P. Crawford. Also, like Jose Barrios, Tyler Glass now. 
I, I think the, the pitching prospects are a little um, pretty top-heavy. I think after your glass now, and maybe Alex Reyes, there's a, there's a decent drop. There's not a ton of guys after that uh, that, I, that I particularly like. I think if I were to make a case uh, for a guy for, for Dynasty League purposes only to be a part of that top four who I didn't mention, it would actually be A.J. Reed, who hmm. I don't know if I would – I don't even know if I'm going to put him in the top five, but I think that's the strongest case. If you want to make a case for a guy that we didn't mention as one of those four and say, you know, I actually like this guy over a guy like Nomar Mazzara, over a guy like Jan uh, Mancata, I think A.J. Reed, just because you're, look, you're looking at a guy that could end up just being, you know, what if what if he just does – you know Edwin Arcanacion stuff like his entire career and yeah. and is a, a consistent second round pick who who just blasts you know thirty plus homers and uh, hits for for relatively high average and is hitting in that park and hitting cleanup with guys like Altuve and Correa and Springer in front of him that's that's a pretty appealing package and you don't really care about the first base thing because it's it's still that that kind of production that you can't find anywhere else. It's not mm-hmm. like a Freddie Freeman type profile at first base. It's a you know it's a middle of the middle of the lineup thumper. Um, so he's a guy that I I think you could could make a case for as a top four guy. I think I think right now I'm I'm so <laughs> overwhelmed by what Mazar is doing at at his level that I I'd be pretty tempted to to put him first if I were to do the rankings right now but Seager is obviously he's been impressive so far in the big leagues I kind of wonder how long he sticks at shortstop but you know even if he moves to third base that's still pretty nice uh like Mazzara's future uh home park a bit more I think that Mazzara even though we've seen more power from Seager I think to this point uh Mazzara has more future power potential uh, and at least at least the same uh, kind of batting average potential. So I think it, it'd be close between those two. And then I, I think you're right. I think I would take Mankata in the three-hole over Giolito just for the – I mean, why, why take on a little risk with mm-hmm. putting a pitcher there if you have a guy like Mankata sitting right there? So, yeah, I think – I think those are your top three prospects heading into the offseason. Seager, obviously not in the minor leagues, but he'll finish the year with his rookie eligibility intact. So uh, definitely definitely keep an eye out for that top 200, probably coming by the end of the month. Just quick answer. Would would that change if Mankato were, say, moved to the outfield? Would he be bumped down a little bit? Or do you think just uh, it's not really a huge factor with him? I, you know, he's low enough in the minors where I'm not putting a ton of stock in his position, mm-hmm. and it's really just kind of all about the bat. I think with those with those like high end producers offensively, the bat is is really what you have to be sold on. Like it doesn't like a guy like J.P. Crawford. I know he's not moving off a shortstop, but I'm not sold that he's ever gonna be. A, you know a year in year out top five shortstop offensively so mm-hmm. I, I think you know I'd, I'd rather have a guy like Mankata where I'm not sure where he's going to play but I know that that bat is going to put him in the mix to be 
you know, a top, like, it doesn't take that much to be a top five or six. I mean, it's not that crazy to think of Mankata being a top five or six fantasy outfielder. I mean, guys not like Mookie Betts and Charlie Blackman are knocking on the door of the top ten right now. Uh, Mankata's got more upside than both those guys. So, I mean, I think it's it's a guy that's going to be exceptional offensively no matter where he's playing. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, how much Mankata's going to go for in some of our – dynasty drafts and i got got or auctions got him in one auction last year but i think you know as the off season plays out and more people become aware as to what he really did this season at greenville uh that price is probably gonna soar up uh come next spring but we'll move on uh to afl rosters we're going to be grading out our latest hip-hop group g unit uh in the final portion of the show uh so stay tuned for that yeah, stay tuned yeah I mean, <laughs> you got to hear those grades. But, um, <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> I know how to keep the listeners tuned in, but we'll start with the if first you can't three. Wait, if you can't wait for that, you can skip ahead about, I would say, 15 minutes or so on your, your iPod. Yeah, you know and Andrew you can, Laird's going to be doing that. Yeah, I mean, just... He's a fan Andrew, of the pod, Andrew but he Laird kind of skips the prospect like, portion. I mean, he listens to the, the AFL roster breakdowns when he's trying to go to bed, but he listens to the <laughs> the G-Unit breakdown when he's sitting around uh, in his living room with a with a glass of scotch. He's always... He's been a, a loyal listener, and we, we thank him for, for that, but I know the, the later portion of the show is really his favorite, but... Uh, we'll start with the Glendale Desert Dogs. Uh, again, Arizona <laughs> Fall League rosters announced. Yeah, I love, I love those team two. names, Me like too. minor league team names, AFL team names. It's just the best. If you had to get an AFL hat, which lid would you would you ride? I haven't even I haven't checked them out. Um, you know, I kind of like Salt River Rafters. I actually have a Rafters shirt. The <laughs> Scottsdale Scorpions, I kind of like too. The, the red and black. All right. I, I dig it. I mean, you you're uh, born into that color scheme, being yeah, a Reds fan. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of that color scheme personally. Uh, I kind of you know I lean I lean a little uh, towards the the blues and the greens when possible. Um, Just maybe Peoria. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, whichever place that we go, where I just have. Uh, a really special vibe. Maybe I'll maybe I'll purchase some of their merchandise. Well, standouts for Glendale include Andrew Knapp, uh, Reese McGuire, J.P. Crawford, who is still a top ten prospect for you for fantasy. I think he's got to be. Yeah, yeah. just JD, given proximity and everything. Sure. J.D. Davis, A.J. Reed, uh, Dylan Cozens, Derek Fisher, Courtney Hawkins, Austin Meadows. Pretty stacked uh, offense. Pretty stacked. I mean, A.J. Reed, Crawford. Definitely excited to see those guys. If I were to pick, I mean, I'm excited to see Reed, but also Crawford because I'm not completely sold from a fantasy standpoint. I get at the position. Uh, I believe in the hit tool, but I don't know if he's going to be able to hit for enough power uh, and steal enough bases for him to be a top eight fantasy shortstop perennially. Would you uh, disagree strongly with that? Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good comp for his – fantasy production i i think i think he's a lot closer in my mind to what uh i thought francisco lindor would do mm-hmm. than what i think what than what i thought guys like uh seager and correa and russell would do so uh you know if we hadn't had so many graduations i don't think he'd be a top 10 guy and he might not he might be on the edge 
of that range. You know, it depends. It kind of depends just how much you like these high upside arms like like Glass now and, and Alex Reyes and stuff. Uh, I think Crawford's really safe, and I think he's. You could make you know it's crazy. You could make a case that a guy like Orlando Arcia might even have more fantasy upside than Crawford, depending on what you think of Crawford's power eventually, because Arcia's got more speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both definitely sticking it short, and they're both, you know, probably less than a year away. So, yeah, it's it's kind of become a thing where he's become a consensus top 10 guy just because of the defense and I think the, the high draft pick that it took to get him and everything. But I wouldn't wouldn't say that the up – it's definitely not top 10 upside. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not – it's probably not even top 20 or top 30 upside I in, in the minor leagues. I wouldn't leagues. think it's, so either. It's the, the floor that you're buying into there. The floor is pretty high, admittedly. I mean, uh, the, the walk rate higher than his strikeout rate t- this year at Double A, uh, and at, at High A before he got promoted, twelve point one percent at Double A, eleven uh, walk rate of twelve point one percent, strikeout rate eleven point one. So pretty I like, impressive there. I like uh, Crawford more than Trey Turner. I'll say that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I mean, I think people are all over the the Trey Turner bandwagon at this point. I think the the most exciting thing about him coming out of the draft was the speed, and we haven't really seen that. I know I've seen some people suggest he might run more uh, in the big leagues, still kind of getting used to being a, a professional base dealer, but uh, I don't really – I don't know if I buy that fully. I mean, unless, unless there was some injury that he was nursing this season, I mean, it, it's not that hard to – rack up stolen base totals in the minor leagues and you you basically have the green light uh so yeah i i think crawford to me has has maybe the prettiest swing left in the minors in terms of just a kind of a contact uh control in the zone type of swing so i i get it i definitely get him as a as a fringe top 10 guy aside from crawford and, and aj reed who i know you're excited about which other guy that I mentioned really kind of jumps out to you as a guy that you're excited about seeing. Well, I'll just hit briefly on the the two other um, Astros guys. Uh, Reed, I actually the, the guy I want to see the most is Derek Fisher, just because I want to kind of lay eyes on you know potential plus power and plus speed combo in the outfield. That's that's really exciting to me. Whenever you see that you know 60 or 65 on both the speed and the power, that's that's awfully rare and exciting from a fantasy perspective. Uh, J.D. Davis, the the power numbers are, are pretty intense this year, but also uh, questions remain uh, as to how much Lancaster played a role in that and also whether or not he is going to swing and miss too much or, or struggle to make contact too much for that power to play. You know, could end up just being kind of a – you know, maybe this current version of like a Pedro Alvarez where it's just a two forty average and, and twenty five homers, which you're not gonna not take in fantasy, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna be all that exciting. So definitely looking forward to seeing all three of those Astros guys. This is of course a baseball podcast, but James, I, I can't really contain my excitement for football. This is it finally, the opening week of the NFL regular season. Your last chance to join FanDuel before opening weekend. I'm really excited. Again, I got a lot of shares of guys like Devontae Adams, Tevin Coleman. Really like Sam Bradford this week. Looking to looking forward to getting 
all of those guys incorporated into my FanDuel lineup. Go to FanDuel. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. They are paying out over $75 million a week this football season. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. I've had a blast on FanDuel. Uh, big tournaments, 50-50s. Uh, anyway, I mean, strategy, uh, you know, picking your guys, trying to fit them all under the cap and, and maximize your upside is just a, a ton of fun. Have you built your team for week one yet? Let me know who's on your squad on Twitter at Clay W. Link. James is at RealJRAnderson. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code RWP and sign up now. Special offer for new users for every dollar you deposit FanDuel will match it up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to $200. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use uh, my code RWP today. Don't forget to use my code, again, RWP. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. Now back to baseball. For Peoria, standouts include Elliot Morris, James Paxton, uh, Lucas Sims, Nick Trevisio, Chance Sisko, Alex Blandino, France, Fernando Perez, DJ Peterson, Philip Irvin, Travis Jankowski, Tyler O'Neill, Mike Yastrzemski. For me, F- Phil Irvin, I mean, of course, as a Reds fan, but also <laughs> you know, after shock his... Shock of the podcast. Shocker. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is that he struggled so much in 2014 that... You know, not only myself, but a lot of in the industry really kind of soured on him. But big bounce back year this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to see seeing firsthand the tools and uh, just how he, he approaches the game, just to get a feel of you know if this guy's close to contributing at the major league level. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, Phil Irvin definitely probably the top position player on the the Peoria roster. I uh, have a feeling that this isn't going to be a big draw. The Peoria games, I guess, <laughs> at least among the crowd that we're going yeah. to. I mean, they're going to just be obsessed with that Glendale team because they've all heard of A.J. Reed and yeah. Austin Meadows and J.P. Crawford. Uh, I kind of want to see uh, Nick Treviso just because his his numbers look like someone that I think you would pretty comfortably project to be a number three starter in the big leagues. Mm. Uh kind of want to see how the stuff matches up to that and see whether it's uh all stuff or just you know some some deception or some uh pitchability kind of want to just kind of get a, a better feel for him as a pitcher yeah I, I think lucas sims is somebody who's kind of interesting too just because i mean the prospect shine is worn off pretty uh, it's really worn off. <laughs> it's really worn off <laughs> any hope for him whatsoever oh sure i mean it's just it's one of those things i mean we saw plenty of guys where they it wore off for them you know, last time this year and mm-hmm. they were able to bounce back just like Phil Irvin. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, I'm never going to say a guy's done, but uh, not someone that has anything, anything really close to top 200 value in a dynasty league right now. <laughs> top 10 in that system even? Uh, I don't think so not anymore. Huh. If I can, I could pull that up really quick, but they, they've got some guys in yeah, the lower levels. Really stockpiled pretty impressive. Some other, yeah. yeah. Distant, you know, from the major leagues, but uh, some higher upside guys that they've acquired recently, I think would have bumped him down the pecking order. For Scottsdale, standouts Clayton Blackburn, Nick Birdie, 
Austin Kubica, Alberto Mejia, Christian Arroyo, Jacoby Jones, Sam Travis, Clint Frazier, uh, Michael Gerber, Adam Walker, Mac Williamson, Bradley Zimmer. Uh, some big standouts here, including you know two notable Indians players that I'm pretty excited about, Frazier mm-hmm. uh, in particular. Who do you particularly want to see? Because I think Frazier, I want to see that bat speed that's so, been right. so hyped, and I also want to see how he uh, matches up against other advanced prospects. Yeah, I uh, yeah definitely want to see Frazier. Uh, I want to see Christian Arroyo in the field and kind of get a – get a vibe for whether or not he can stick it short uh i want to see adam walker's batting practice which he might have the most raw power let me just scan in these lists he might have the most raw power of anyone in the afl uh, but extreme swing and miss issues uh in the twin system there i mean i don't even know if i have him in their top 10 just because you know he's doing he's like joey gallo with a with a little bit less raw and a little bit more like oh crap like he can't make contact with the ball uh but i mean if we can get a, a bp session of of adam walkers i'd love to see that bradley zimmer's the the top guy though on this roster uh, fringe top 10 guy a guy who i'm probably going to rank in our initial top 350s for next season just because i think he's going to be up in that big league lineup uh, very soon uh, maybe maybe even out of out of camp because I think he's a, a surefire upgrade for them in, in center field and a guy that I really just kind of want to see his body and you know how he looks next to other guys because I, I you know it's a pretty it's a frame that you wouldn't necessarily project to stick in center field and you know he's definitely shown plenty of speed and everything I just kind of want to see what he looks like now and what I think he might look like five years down the line. That is interesting. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys here. Jacoby Jones, too. He's. I mean, he's kind of one of those. The power seems pretty legit. Yeah. Well, he's he's one of those guys who's very. Uh, the the stats like him more than I think most evaluators in terms of. I don't. I don't think. He really has a position necessarily. Maybe I think it was third base was maybe the last place he was playing, but some short, some center. It looks like. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if he he kind of might be a quad A guy. I I definitely wouldn't put him in a top two hundred. I mean, the numbers are are nice, and if if you have him in a in a league where you think you can get something for him, I would I'd probably try to ship him out now. But uh, just not a guy that I think uh, the the industry is all that high on. Anybody on this list that you kind of see as a, a sleeper in terms of prospects, um, uh, e- either from Scottsdale or Peoria or Glendale, uh, just somebody that you know may not be on a lot of top prospect lists, but you could see maybe uh, emerging sure. early next year. Yeah, uh, Sam Travis, uh, hmm. first base prospect for the Red Sox, um, a guy that try to pull up his weight i think he's he's got kind of a slider frame than you would expect to see on a first baseman if i if i remember correctly um i don't know he's he's got a normal size but uh yeah i mean he the power hasn't quite shown up for him but uh sort of a i don't know maybe poor man's freddie freeman type of profile where the hit tool is kind of the selling point but 
you hope that just by maybe playing in that park, uh, you know, he's not particularly blocked at the moment in the, in that organization <laughs> at first yeah. base. Uh, someone that I could I could definitely see as a as a guy that that kind of sneaks up on on people and maybe never even makes a top. I don't know. He could maybe make a top 100, but I, I would never picture him being like a top 50 prospect. Uh, maybe not even a top 100 prospect on some lists, but a guy that could end up just making it to the big leagues and people would be kind of wondering why he wasn't ranked higher in the minor leagues. Yeah. Some pretty impressive power. Nine homers, four, 452 slug this year. A little speed, too. Uh, 19 stolen bases, but also caught 12 times. Don't really expect him to be running much no. at the major league level, but... Uh, some athleticism there for sure. Well, we're going to touch on the final three AFL rosters next week. Be sure to tune in, but uh, that'll do it for the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, the prospect portion anyway. This week, we're going to grade out our latest hip-hop group on the 20 to 80 scouting scale, uh, on the five tools that we've established for uh, grading out hip-hop groups, lyricism, flow, longevity, impact, and swag, and we'll be giving out an overall grade. G unit this week, uh, following Rough Riders uh, a week ago, D12 week before that. Uh, some kind of sketchy groups lately, but we had to go yeah. that route after doing Eric B and Rakim, Gangstar, Wu Tang, Outcast early. We had yeah. to we had to dig at the bottom of the barrel. There be, there are some ebbs and flows, but I, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's any less important that we grade out the bad groups. You know, I think no. it's it's important to kind of cast shade where where it needs to go and and also kind of pump up some some ba- some groups that deserve it. Yeah. Uh so far for me D12 was pretty easily the lowest grade 25, but this one might might push it. Yeah. Push I think I think you could make a I would say G unit is is very very similar to D12. They're like a less they're like a less weird and perhaps less uh annoying and uh slightly a bit more uh put together version of d12 yeah i mean they've probably had probably say more success probably sure uh probably more success uh certainly more solo success mm-hmm. i don't re- i don't recall any d12 members releasing albums and them being yeah. being mass produced but uh talent wise though not that far off i mean <laughs> that, I, I hate to say that g unit members but you know you really Really not that far off from just being D12 members. So D, or I'm sorry, G Unit, really consisted only of 50 Cent, Tony Ayo, Lloyd Banks, right? Young Buck. Young Buck. Forgot about old Young Buck. Uh, we'll start with lyricism as always. I got a 30 here. Now, <laughs> I admit, <laughs> uh, I, I was a, a fan of 50 Cent. Sure. It's tough to admit. But at I, the, at I the same time, I don't have any problem. I, I'm still a fan of Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah, That's Get Rich or Die Trying was good. And I still give that occasional spin. Uh, but G, I mean, he quickly went downhill. Right. And G Unit was uh, the formation and studio release of their collective album, really just kind of started that. Downhill. So and this is, you know, my formative years. I was the type of, of hip hop uh, consumer that would just buy albums like oh, like i would just like you know i liked get richard i trying so then i of course bought the massacre and then i bought uh the g unit album and then i bought the lloyd banks album and i think i bought the first young buck album too Oof. and like it it's like one of those things where it took me f- like three and a half 
big time purchasing errors to lay out to like take a step back and be like, all right, this is where I'm I'm cutting G unit off now after mm-hmm. Get Rich or Die Try and like that's that's how much one awesome album could do for your sales exactly. with a, with a guy like me. So I I definitely remember uh, a lot of the a lot of the albums to come out of this this uh, group and you know like like you were saying I you give uh, Get Rich or Die Trying some spin every now and then I haven't given G Unit's uh, non Get Rich or Die Trying uh, album spin in probably close to probably close to a decade so yeah. i mean like we're collecting talking dust. like they're there i don't know where they are they're not they're not collecting <laughs> dust in my house i don't know where they, who knows where they are but i mean they're they definitely they're somewhere not being played by me got an update for you young buck kicked out of the group in 2008 for quote excessive spending and inconsistent behavior so uh, just file that away uh, for future, that's what that's what I kicked my last girlfriend out for. <laughs> Those are fair reasons, Har- <laughs> harsh but fair. But um, lyricism, I mean, listening to their collective stuff, nothing really ever that I, that I remember catching my attention being a good lyric or having any sort of uh, you know being any like creative or. Uh, you know, kind of thoughtful or right. anything that was that made me think twice about it. It was just you know talking about their bling, their cars, whatever. Right. Even the songs that I liked by like Fifty Cent, uh, they weren't lyrically strong. They were uh, just kind of catchy, comical and catchy. Mm-hmm. Like sort of you know, like it, it. Like I wasn't listening for the lyrics. I was sort of. I'd hear lyrics that would be funny, but they weren't funny because they were witty. They were just kind of funny by how how arrogant he was about delivering them as if they were, you know, something that needed to be yeah. delivered. And the production was also, you know, carried most of Right, 50's right. Work. This was all just all production based mm-hmm. rap. Like it a very um, you know, this Shallow. This, this was kind of, yeah, a big kind of theme of anything that was remotely close to to dr dre around the mid 2000s where it was just uh really you know above average to sometimes elite production on some songs and just zero substance behind any of it yeah and very short uh shelf life even with that great production flow i got a 40 maybe it was the production that did kind of make it sound better because you can flow over a good beat so much easier you know and i got a 40 here maybe a little high but i think uh the production allowed them to have catchy flows and uh, mask that that poor lyricism yeah um i i went 30 on lyricism i went 35 on flow uh would give yayo a 20 banks a 25 uh buck a 25 and 50 cent probably like a 45 so uh you kind of have the the rest of the guys sort of bringing them down there, but I mean that's kind of to be expected. So longevity, I think this is this is a tough grade because again, like with Rough Riders and D12, you got to look at the studio releases. I think they've had two studio releases. Uh, the second one being Terminate on site. <laughs> Pretty sick. That was in two thousand eight. I don't even remember that. No, I don't either. Uh, July first, two thousand eight. I, that, that was even long. S- that was long after I, uh, <laughs> I had abandoned the group. 
It album only sell, sold 185,000 copies, apparently. Mm. Still more than I'd expect. I think it's it's always, it's kind of interesting to me how quickly the public sort of turned on 50 Cent as yeah, a, a guy that could, like, for instance, I don't, like, if if 50 Cent and Eminem released songs tomorrow, I'd, ra- I'd listen to the 50 Cent one first, and... The public has not turned on Eminem at all from no. a from a commercial standpoint. Like I'm, I know a lot of like hardcore hip hop fans don't really treat him with any respect anymore. But I, I mean, it's it's interesting to me that Eminem can just continue to put out uh, really, really, truly awful music, and and Fifty Cent <laughs> is is just kind of left. Yeah. You know, I think he declared bankruptcy. Yeah, you know, did. and and so this yeah. is a monumental fall from a guy who was really on on top of the entire music industry for yeah. for a, a full calendar year when get, get richard die trying came out he really became an entertainment industry uh, kind of icon even for a while he had it was in movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. had his own video game mm-hmm. 50 cent blood in the sand um, might have might have overextended himself yeah i think that's probably yeah. it He'd and and bad music i mean we right. can't get right, right, that. right he really uh, after Get Richard Die Trying, all of his other efforts were pretty miserable. And I don't think people were clamoring for that type of rap anymore. No. You know, like that, I agree. that that was kind of a he hit it right right when the, the window was, was widest mm-hmm. and then it, it kinda closed shut pretty quickly after that. Longevity, so again I yeah, got a thirty I, here. I gave a thirty five. Uh just just for the fact that any any group that can pump out as many solo records as they did in like that short of a span i mean that's that's a lot i mean that's a lot more than than some good groups can say in terms of of solo stuff pumped out because of the the group effort impact both of us got a 20 cool we're going (laughs) cool 20 i mean we talk about the impact on like the public of lloyd banks tony yeo (laughs) minimal uh, to put it nicely but also, if we're talking about in the industry, I don't think I 50 Cent had any respect. I feel like they had negative impact <laughs> on the industry as a whole because I think it their their collective failures as artists may have shut the doors on yeah. some other artists from ever from getting, getting opportunities. You know, yeah. like people just looked at them and were like, "Ooh, can't <laughs> don't want to don't want to try to go down that road." Like so, yeah. I mean, I, I 20 was as low as we're allowed to go on the 20 to 80 scale, but I, I might have gone lower if possible. <laughs> I remember Fifty Cent's first like big song before even Get Rich or Die Trying, How to Rob, where he like <laughs> called out all these rappers and said he's gonna rob them, Ghostface included. Yeah, like, that's just a slap in the face. And I don't think anybody I think in the industry wanted to give him a second chance, really. Right. I think that was yeah. He I think he might have called out Jay Z then too. I mean, just kind of yeah, uh, <laughs> shooting himself in the foot for yeah. sure. Um, Swag, I got a forty. I'm regretting this, but. I gotta admit that <laughs> at least they had some swag to where they could uh, pull off rapping about what they had, you know. Mm, I see. I think like a guy like Lloyd Banks is like the the perfect kind of guy who's really trying super hard to have swag, and it's just like <laughs> extremely transparent that he doesn't have any swag, <laughs> like. Uh, you know, yeah. really, just kind of trying to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. Just really, you know, kind of fly and 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 super cool and everything like that. But it's like, dude, you're Lloyd Banks, man. We know he like, has like 2003 like wannabe swag. Where he's wearing like 
throwback jerseys yeah. constantly. Yeah. yeah, like wearing a like a really low down fitted hat and yeah. stuff. Yeah, do rag. Yeah. I mean, that wor- that look may have worked like late nineties, but the time they were trying to pull it off, it was pretty clear that no. the, the swag was not working. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Overall, thirty for me on. Yeah, team. overall thirty-five. Uh, I had to make sure they were just a a little bit above D twelve, but uh, couldn't couldn't push them any higher. Than that. I certainly hear that, and I, I'm kind of regretting the thirty five, <laughs> but I'll, I'll stick by yeah, it because yeah. uh, in the spectrum of hip hop, you got to turn in your reports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the spectrum uh, of hip hop groups, though, I don't think they're the worst of the worst like D twelve is, but they're they're pushing it. They're, they're bottom close. bottom twenty percent. They're fringe. If you got a group you want us to grade out next week, let us know on Twitter. Uh, or if you have any recommendations about specific players or dynasty questions you may have for us, hit us up. Thank you. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.